Welcome to New Antioch Christian Fellowship's podcast. Thank you for joining us. The title of today's message is, Why Don't You Just Meet Me in the Middle? by Pastor Nina M. Parson. We, we have a primary life that we live every day. And Jesus on the side. He has made me glad, he has made me glad, I will rejoice for he has made me glad, oh he has made me glad, he has made me glad, I will rejoice for he has, I asked y'all was y'all glad earlier, This he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Oh, he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. We're standing in reverence to the reading of the word of God. And we are glad. Yes, we are glad. And we are glad. Yes, we are glad. Luke chapter 30, chapter 23, verse 32. In the New International Version, it will be there for you on the screen. Amen. Let's read it together. Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. By casting lots, the people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. The chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him, which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly. For we are getting what our deeds deserve. 
but this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Our topic this morning is, why don't you just meet me in the middle? Why don't you just meet me in the middle? Our, our theme uh, for this year is to meet Jesus. We've talked about it all year. We've been studying the life of Jesus through the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so here we come to the last two chapters of the book of Luke. And uh, at, at the, the beginning, the, we're at the end of the Gospel according to Luke. And so Jesus... Uh, begins to tell us about the end times and he's dealing with his disciples of the night he was betrayed and he's being crucified and res risen from the dead. So as we looked at all of that in these, uh, this area, we decided that we go with the theme for this month, Stay Woke. Our theme for the month is Stay Woke. And, and, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you heard, I didn't listen to the message, so I didn't have to uh, you, if, if God confirmed something that he said last week, you'll know that I didn't hear about, I didn't hear the message last week, but, but stay woke and stay woke is an urban colloquialism. Uh, that means be aware, don't be fooled, have consciousness, be informed. Uh, don't sleep on this. You, you, you better stay woke. Uh, so last month, uh, we, it was all tea, no shade. And September is all tea, no shade because Jesus was speaking truth to the people in the, in the scriptures that we read for last month. And he's telling the truth to people and telling the truth on people. And, and so it was uh, uh, all tea, no shade. And so Jesus, uh, since he was uh, speaking truth, he was pulling people away from being deceived by the devil. They have been deceived by the devil. They've been deceived by the religious elite, by the people who had them enslaved, which were the Romans. And, of course, the deceitfulness of their own hearts. And so he's speaking to them the truth because they have been deceived. But the purpose of speaking the truth is to wake people up. And so we move from all tea, no shade, to now stay woke. So as we come to the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, now it's time for him to do what he came here to do. He was born to die, to die for the sins of the world, to die for you and me, to take our death penalty so that we could have his life. He took our death so we could have his life. It, it's time now. It, it's time for him to be treated as if he had sinned so that we could be treated as if we were righteous. It's time now. It's time for him to lay down his life for his friends. For while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. It's time now. And all of his life has been leading up to this particular point, And now it's time. And so they condemn Jesus with some trumped up charges. They get some false witnesses. And even though the verdict came back not guilty, every court they sent him to, the verdict was not guilty. 
Even though they came back not guilty, they gave him the death penalty anyway. And we find in these scriptures that he is being led away to be crucified. Crucified meant that he would be hung on this wooden contraption where his hands and his feet were nailed so that his body is suspended in the air between earth and heaven. It was an old way to execute criminals, but the Romans had perfected this thing called crucifixion. It was a slow and a painful and a torturous death and this particular day they had three men to crucify and so as they go up to this place called the skull we call it Golgotha we call it Calvary as they go to this place they call the skull there there are three men to be crucified there are three crosses uh, on the hill uh, and one is to the right side one is to the left side, and Jesus is in the middle. One criminal on the right side, one criminal on the left side, Jesus is in the middle. If they were to meet Jesus that day, they'd have to meet him in the middle. If, if they were to, 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 to meet him... Jesus saying, why don't you just meet me in the middle? Jesus hung in the middle with a man on each side. Each man then had Jesus on the side. Each of the men who are being crucified had Jesus on the side and that is who this message is for today it's for all of us who have Jesus on the side oh. there, there was there was this Whoopi Goldberg Drew Barrymore movie called Boys on the Side Anybody seen Boys on the Side? It's a movie about a group of several uh, best girlfriends. And their primary relationships were actually with each other. But they would have these relationships with men on the side. And that's how some of us are. We have our primary relationships. We have the people that we love on, the ones we talk to first thing in the morning, we interact with all day or talk with or even rest with at night. And we have our primary relationships, and then we have Jesus on, on the side. Uh, we, we have a primary life that we live every day, and Jesus on the side. We work, we make money, we pay bills, we enjoy our family, we have some fun, and oh yeah, I do Jesus on the side. I have my kids, I got my mama, and I got my man. Oh yeah, and Jesus on the side. I have my clubs, I got my social activities, I have my worldly pursuits, I party on the weekend, I smoke my weed, I drink my drink, I eat my edibles, I might cuss you out if you make me mad. Oh, 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 but I do love Jesus now on the side. 
I pray most days. I check in every morning throughout the week. I listen to gospel music several times a week. I'm not super religious. I wouldn't say that he's a sinner of my life. I haven't totally sold out my entire life to him. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet, but I still have him on the side. He is not my primary relationship. He is not my total life focus. He is not the center of my existence, nor he is truly the head of my life. But I'm close enough to see him. He's right here on the side. And before you think I'm not talking to you, more committed folks, how often do you get so busy, so distracted, so off kilter, so into what's happening around you. How often does it get where you have days or weeks and maybe even months where if you were really being honest with yourself, you've had Jesus on the side. And so here we have two men hanging on their own crosses, one on the left side, one on the right side. And if they're going to meet Jesus, they'll have to meet him in the middle. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? Now, in this picture, we have one man was bitter and one was broken. Life and now imminent death has made one man bitter. So he rails on Jesus. He mocks him. He speaks bitter words. He takes the side of the people who are killing him. Instead of jumping on Jesus' side, he takes the side. The people who are killing him are railing on Jesus, and he jumps in with them. You know, like we do sometimes. We jump in with the one that's, that's, that's killing us, that's passing us the drugs, that's bringing us the alcohol, that's, that's taking us to the club. And when life gets tough, we jumping on the side of the people that's killing us. Jumping on the devil is killing you. I saw some people this week. I'm like, you know, serving the devil is not really doing real good for you. You know, just a lot of people serve the devil. They don't look too good. But they jump on the side of the one that's killing them. That's what this guy does. He jumps on the side of the people that's killing him. And, and they start taunting Jesus. So he starts taunting Jesus too. You're, if you're the son of God, if you're the Messiah, save yourself. Come on up off that cross. They're jeering. They're making fun of him. They're trying to humiliate him. And with this guy's life almost over. He is so full of bitterness that he uses his last breaths to talk bad about Jesus. He's talking, but he's still asleep. He's unaware. He's deceived. He ain't woke. So since he haven't awakened yet he is sarcastically taunting Jesus aren't you the Messiah save yourself and us but the other criminal he isn't bitter life and his imminent death has him broken 
He's contrite. He's repentant. He's apologetic. He's humble. The life and the truth has broken him down. It has broken his hard heart. It has transformed his criminal mind. In other words, he woke up. He has an awareness now. He's come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, check it out. They both heard that Jesus was Messiah. You can tell by their conversation. They both heard that he was known to do miracles. You can tell by the conversation. But where one is bitter, the other one is broken. And in his brokenness and his regret over the tragedy of his life, he wakes up to the truth. And he says to the other criminal, don't you fear God? Since you're on the under the same sentence, and he said, uh, uh, dude, in case you don't realize it, we're going to die today. Don't you fear God? Right about now, you ought to be trying to get right with God because you know that in a few minutes, you're going to see him face to face. Don't you fear God? Dude, it's not time to be disrespectful and to be arrogant and to be on the wrong side of Jesus. Don't you fear God? That's what trips me out. People, face, they face death and start cussing. Somebody starts shooting or a car look like it's going to hit him and stuff. And then they, they get to cussing. Blank to blank. What the blanket? It's like, uh. This is not the time to be cussing. This is the time to say, Jesus, Lord, help me. Forgive me of my sins. God, baby, I wonder if you're going to take me home. I want to go with you. God, clear up all the lane between. Help me, Lord. Jesus, help me. Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. You cussing and fighting when people start shooting? Don't you fear God. He said, look, man, we're punished justly. We're getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, this guy in the middle, he's done nothing wrong. And then he says something life-changing. He says, Jesus, remember me when you're coming to your kingdom. You know, so I'm woke now. These nails in my hands and these nails in my feet. I'm woke now. I'm bleeding out. My breath is getting short. This is where my lifestyle has gotten me. I didn't listen. I didn't listen to Mama Nim. I didn't listen to the people trying to tell me. I thought I was going to get away with it. I didn't believe that this was going to happen to me. But guess what? I'm woke now. Anybody ever been through something? And you say, okay, God, I'm woke now. I, I, I'm woke now. I was tripping about six months ago, but Lord have mercy. I'm woke now. I, I, last night, I thought I could get away with it, but what I'm facing this morning, I'm woke now. Tell somebody, I'm woke now. I'm woke now. 
I know that you're the Messiah. I know that you're the righteous son of God. I know that you're the king of the Jews. Matter of fact, I know that you're the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I know that you have a kingdom. So Jesus, when, not if you have one, not if what they say about you is true, but Jesus, when you come to your kingdom. When you come to your kingdom, because I understand that death will not hold you. I know that this is not where your story is. I know there's glory after this. I know there'll be victory after this. I know there's eternal life after this. I believe in you, Jesus. So when you come into your kingdom, he said, remember me. Jesus said, I got you. Because all you had to do was believe. So today... You'll be with me in paradise. Now, remember, BJ, this is what the Lord showed me. He said, the setup at the cross was a picture of the truth of the universe. Just that one scene, if we took a picture of that one scene at the cross, it is everything about the entire world in one snapshot. Check it out. First, Jesus makes this universal statement. His, as his blood is pouring out, he proclaims, Father, forgive them. Because they don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. They, all of them are asleep. They're deceived. They're unaware. But I'm hanging here, bleeding here, sacrifice here. I'm here to forgive the sin of the whole world. So he's bleeding, and the blood that he's bleeding has paid for our sins. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Then in this snapshot, we have two people that come face to face to Jesus but respond to him differently. This is a snapshot of the universe. Two people come to face to face with Jesus but respond differently. Every day, two kinds of people are presented with Jesus and have the opportunity to respond. He has already forgiven the sins of the world and has presented an opportunity to be forgiven. And every time that he, that, that happens and people are presented with Jesus... They have an opportunity to respond. Some will be bitter about it. And some will be broken before him. The ones who are broken before him admit their sin and believe in him. And they'll be with him in paradise. They'll go to heaven. The ones who are bitter and rebel and don't fear God are going to hell. Jesus offers repentance through his blood. He offers forgiveness through his blood. Two people are presented with it. Two kinds of people are presented with it. One rejects it and goes to hell. The other accepts it and goes to heaven. That's it and that's all. That picture is the entire universe every day. That picture is the whole 66 books of the Bible in one snapshot. What happened on the cross is what happens every day. There's nothing else. You're presented with an opportunity to receive the forgiveness of your sins. If you receive it, you go to heaven. If you don't, you go to hell. And that's it. And that's all. 
So the scene at the cross is the scene of the world. It is all represented right there. When you hear the truth about Jesus, you respond one way or another. And how you respond determines your eternity. The moment you heard the name Jesus, you were compelled to respond. You didn't have to take a side. You already had a side. You were already on a side. You were either on the right side or the left side already. You were one of those guys already. But one stayed on his own side. But the other guy, one met Jesus in the middle. He had Jesus on the side. But then he met him. Somebody say, meet Jesus. You got to meet him in the middle. He, he, he met him in the middle, middle. In other words, he shifted his focus. He couldn't jump off the cross and go and be at his feet, but he shifted his focus. He looked to the man in the middle. He, he chose to move where he was spiritually and mentally and emotionally and meet Jesus in the middle. And for all of you who still got Jesus on the side, why don't you just meet him? in the middle don't continue to be arrogant and stubborn and set in your ways stop being resistant to change keeping Jesus on the side and not as the center of your life stop being afraid of complete commitment stop being afraid of complete commitment stop being afraid of complete commitment I'm afraid of of complete commitment because he might make me change some he might make me get rid of some of my friends he might make shake up some of my activities he might he might call me to a ministry he might make me do something I really don't want to do so you've been sitting around for the last 20 years with Jesus on the side you've been sitting in this church all year long with Jesus on the side you've been doing what your thing and but rolling up in here, I know you do because you're here now and it's a Sunday afternoon. You roll up in here on Sunday, but you've never moved from having Jesus on the side. You got to stop being afraid of a complete commitment. Stop being afraid of what it's going to cost you. Stop being afraid of what you'll have to give up. Stop being afraid whether you're going to fail or not. Whether you fail or not is not your concern. He is the one who's able to keep you from falling. You couldn't keep yourself from falling anyway, so you might as well just move to the middle. I'm not saying today you need to choose a side. You're already on a side. I'm saying come from the sideline. And meet Jesus in the middle. God is calling somebody today who's off sides. I need my yellow flag. Uh, so I need, God is calling somebody today that is off sides, who, who has put Jesus off to the side. And he's saying, I want you to make a shift in your position. And here's some things he wants you to do. The main thing he's calling you for today is to submit to a lifestyle change. Those of you who've had Jesus on the side need to submit to a lifestyle change. Stop playing with it. Stop procrastinating it. Stop being afraid of it. God is saying, just meet me in the middle. Just, 
Just meet me in the middle. Just make us if just give me permission to change your life. Come off the sideline where I'm on the side of you and put me as a center of your life. But yes, you need a lifestyle change. There's someone in here today that God is tugging at you for a lifestyle change. You can come as you are, but you can't stay like you is. I don't have nothing else to tell you. I wish I, I could tell you that all you have to do is just, you know, just believe and go back to your old lifestyle. But there's something about really believing in Jesus that changes your heart, your mind, and your direction. It just starts with believing, but it's what believing does. It's a change in heart, mind, and direction. I, I believe. Jesus to the point where I give him permission to change my lifestyle. It is not an intellectual belief. It's a heart belief. And a heart belief changes your lifestyle. That's one thing. For those of you who have, who have had the lifestyle change, I can do that. Here's another thing. He just wants you to take one step to the middle. You need to join a community group. Why are you saying that, Pastor? Because it's what God told us to do. Since you are part of this church, God told us that he was moving us to community groups where you connect with a smaller group of people where you can love and be loved, where you can uh, know and be known, where you can uh, pray and be prayed for uh, because you cannot do all of the things that God told us to do. He wants a family and you can't do that because you run in here from 1230 for some of y'all from 1245 to 115. Uh, <laughs> uh, you roll out here before you can even meet, talk or hug anybody. I'm the only one that you ever gets to shake your hand because but when do you have time to love people and, and admonish people and share with people and share your experience some of you uh, you've had Jesus on the side long enough that you know a few things about him and so you know you could share that with somebody but you're not sharing with anybody you're not praying with anybody and nobody is sharing and praying with you and you're not growing there's a thousand must be 20 something one another's that are in the Bible and you are out of uh, you are out of commission you are you are out of compliance if you only do this hour and a half on Sunday and God convicted us as a church and said we were out of compliance I want you to break up in smaller groups of people where you can actually spend time with each other and help each other grow and you'll have the opportunity to do that today. That, God is saying, I don't care that you really don't want to do it. It's okay that you don't want to do it. One, I'm not going to make you go be a pastor tomorrow, but can you just meet me in the middle? Can you just, just connect to some other Christians so you can get a life change? What else can I do? God has also instructed us to this one-mile mission. To stop worrying about people coming to church. These are not empty seats. These are open seats. They're just open. Uh, uh, they're not empty. They're just open. There's an opportunity. It means there's an opportunity for somebody to come. But he said, do not worry about whether they come in here. This thief never made it to church. But Jesus took church to him. 
We are in a season where God has asked this church to take the church to them. If they never come here, take the church to them. That thief did not have time. That guy didn't have time to wait until synagogue that, that Saturday to see Jesus at the temple. He had to believe and receive it. And because he believed it right then, that day he went to paradise. That day. They never have to come here. We're to take it there. That is how they did it in the, New, in the New Testament church. They didn't just post up and let people come to them. They went and they engaged communities. They engaged cities. They went into a city and engaged people. And then they made some disciples. They, they people accepted Jesus without ever having a church. And so get out there with us. Just, just meet him in the middle. You know, I don't want to do this. Well, can you do that? Meet him in the middle. Get with our mission. Let's go out there and let people meet Jesus. They don't have to come here to meet Jesus. Guess where Jesus is? Jesus is in you. You are the only Jesus these people are going to see. The only Jesus they'll see and know is the one that's in you. Is the Jesus in you? I wonder, I wonder what Jesus looks like in you. Another thing you can do to take just one step toward Jesus, join the committed group. Join the committed. We got a class coming up for servant leaders to say, you know, God, I know you're calling me to leadership. I know you're calling me uh, to do more than what I'm doing. I've had you on the side. I've done what I want to do. I keep my week to myself. I've, I've done all the part. How much partying can you really do? Go and tell the truth. You get bored after a while. How much partying can you really do? How much sex can you really have? It, it's it's going to run out. How much drinking can you really? Don't Jack Daniels taste the same as it did when you start drinking it 15 years ago? How much of that? What are you waiting for? What? Come, come, come on and be committed. Just, just take, take a step. Meet him in the middle. Can you meet him in the middle and, and say, say, God, I'm ready to be more committed to what you're calling me to do. Be joining servant leaders. Get on a ministry. Connect somewhere and begin to do something for God. Look, y'all been on the sideline. You've been on the sideline way too long. Jesus sent this word to say to you, meet me in the middle. Those of you that are listening live stream, those of you that listen on Facebook live, get, get committed somewhere. I don't know. You may be at home because you're going to church later. You've been to church already. But if you're not connected to anyone in the body, if you're not connected, if you're, you're not doing that, if Jesus is only on the side and you're listening today because he's only on the side, but he wants, he's begging you to just meet him in the middle. Just, just meet him in the middle. Just take one step toward him. Just take your mind toward him and we'd love to have you here you've been on the side long too lying too long it's 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 really easy to just meet him in the middle it's not as extreme as you think he's just asking people today to take one step towards him just do one more thing just just one more thing just just one more thing 
And the, the, the thing he really wants you to do is to meet him and accept. Accept the forgiveness of your sin. The, the one step that you can take right now. And if you're there on our e-church, if, if you're listening. This morning someone was listening to Facebook Live and said this word was for me. And I've just recommitted myself to Christ. Somebody got saved this morning. So you may be the next one. And everyone in here that knows that the step you need to take is to really make Jesus the Lord of your life. In, in, in other words, to take that step to the middle and meet him halfway. You all that are listening, you all that are in here, pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my heart. Forgive me for everything I've done wrong. I want to live for you. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for allowing me to rededicate my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with us and you're listening, uh, t uh, uh, whatever they call it, write in there and let us know that you prayed that prayer and that you have, have uh, 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 made that commitment. And if you're here in the room right now, and you really need to be saved. You really or need to rededicate your life and make a commitment. Thank you for joining us today on the NACF podcast. Service times at our central location, which is on 610 Bell Rose, is at 9 a.m. Sunday mornings. Service times at our Aliante campus, which is on 2550 Nature Park Drive, Suite 100, is at 12.30 p.m. So if you're looking for a church home, we'd love to have you. Come pay us a visit sometime. For more information online on both of our campuses, for Central Campus, you can visit newantioch.org. For Aliante Campus, you can visit newantioch-aliante.org. It's that time of the year. New Antioch Christian Fellowship at Aliante presents its annual Fall Fest. Happening on October 31st, Halloween, from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at 2627 Nature Park Drive. There'll be music, games, prizes, rides, food, and we can't forget the candy. So come on out. This is a family event. There's no charge to get in. All kids are welcome. New Antioch Christian Fellowship at Aliante's 2018 Fall Fest. <laughs>